Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. wondered when parents would tell me that their kids played in the toilet or something like that. I was like, what are you doing that your kids are made it to the toilet? And then you have like two or three and you see like, well, the oldest is paying and learning how to use the toilet. And so the younger ones like toddle, like crawls over and, and they just seem so messy and chaotic compared to your first. But I just think we as parents parent so differently that it makes sense. Hey friends, hope you are doing well. Hope you had a great, I almost said Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Valentine's weekend and that all is well. You are just listening to a short clip from today's interview with Heather McFadden, and I'm so excited to share this with you. Most of you probably know Heather from her very popular Don't Mom Alone podcast. Now, Heather's been podcasting for years. She's great. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to use the link in show notes to go over, check out her podcast. Her podcast used to be called the God-Centered Mom Podcast, and I'm thinking that might be the first podcast I was ever interviewed on, either that or Jamie Ivey's The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I just adore Heather, and she's a four-boy mom, and she's smart and fun, and I thought, who better to have join me to kind of continue this conversation about our boys and their personality, what makes them unique? Now, I just wrapped up a couple weeks back, I wrapped up a three-week series on birth order, if you missed those. I hope you can go back and catch the three episodes. I got a lot of really good feedback. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And it just kind of got me going. And once I get started on these things, I'm like, oh, there's so many other things we could explore. And I thought it would be fun to continue this conversation with Heather. Heather and her husband, Bruce, are kind of experts on the Strength Finders personality test. I think they call it Clifton Strengths these days, but um, I'm not very familiar with that. So I wanted her to share a little bit from their knowledge on that personality test. And of course, 
Uh, we cover quite a bit today, but there's always more. And so perhaps in future episodes, we can bring up some of the things we don't cover or things we just scratch the surface on today. And I just think it's super interesting. It makes parenting more fun when we have these tools and when we can be students of our children. So I love this conversation. I hope you do too. Uh, I don't want to say too much more, but I want to just briefly say thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who dove in and purchased the character training course last week. I hope you love it. Please stay in touch with me. Let me know how it's going. And if you missed it, no problem. We're going to open doors again this summer. And I think we're going to be adding a couple little special things before the next time we launch it. So if you're already in the course, you can look forward to new additions. And if you haven't purchased it yet, this summer will be a great time to dive in. So thank you again. Thanks for spreading the word about this podcast episode with your friends. Thank you again for the ratings and reviews. If you haven't left one yet, I hope you'll take time to do that today. And now without further ado, here's Heather McFadden and I talking about boys and their personalities and the things we can learn about them to help us to parent them well. Hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Heather, welcome back on the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is such a fun show to come back to. I love talking yes. about boys and motherhood. Love talking to anyone who has boys older than mine that I can learn from. So let's just have two moms here sharing That's what right. we little we know. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. The little we know. And we continue to learn all the time from one another and from listeners. And with that, why don't you introduce, like, tell us how old your boys are and where you are. Anybody that doesn't know you, introduce yourself. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I have four boys. The oldest is 15 and then 13, 11 and a half today. Don't forget those mm -hmm. halves. And then halves. eight, almost nine. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And I was with a group of boy moms this morning because we're reading through your book. Aww. And it is such an encouragement mm -hmm. to gather other boy moms together and just kind of commiserate through the challenges. And today we were talking through boundary setting and giving freedom, but yet, you know, doing that wisely and it's not easy to navigate. So no. Oh, I'm gosh. honored though. Wow. Thanks. Yes. Blessing yes. over here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all, you haven't read the book, which hopefully you have, and that's why you're here, but super helpful. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And 15, I saw a picture of the 15 year old like driving a car, I think. Yeah, I was trying to be so brave in that picture. Goodness. Oh man. When he said, Hey, can I drive, you know, over to my friend's house with you? And I thought, uh He's only driven really with Bruce in the front seat, my husband. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Should we ride it in the bigger wild. car? I feel like we need to be in the bigger car. But in a tank. <laughs> you need something really safe. Yeah. No, they're yeah. ready. They, you know, it's hard. It's harder on us moms than it is on them. So wait, what's the laws there? Do they get their permit at 15 and a half? 15 and then oh, uh, 15. they license at 16. But they have to okay. have six months of driving before they get their license. Yes. Yes. Same here in Hawaii. And it was interesting. My third son got his driver's license in the middle of the pandemic. And it was a crazy process. Everything was different, but he made it. So <laughs> I now have three drivers in the family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my it's gosh. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And all your kids are in school again, right? They've been there all year, you said. Yeah. We, I mean, just thankful to live in Texas and <laughs> uh, they, they all attend private schools that 
are smaller and so they could manage the rules of social distancing and stay in person, which is really a gift. And I grieve for all the moms, if you're listening and that is not your story is really hard. It's hard for them. And I know that, you know, we have the homeschooling moms and they've chosen Mm -hmm. to stay home. Chosen the crazy Um, life. (laughs) Even that I, I was homeschooled from third to eighth grade and you do so much with other families that it is hard. Mm -hmm. It is. It's been quite a year and I am looking forward to the new year and seeing what we have ahead of us. So I'm excited that you could join us today because we are just wrapping up this mini series about birth order because I just love to talk about all these things. And what I have found is when I start to focus on being a student of my sons, learning about them, about their personalities, about their birth order, when there's little things that you can kind of tune into and maybe read about and learn about and talk to friends about, it kind of gives your job, your parenting job more meaning, right? I don't know if you found that. Well, You're talking to a speech language pathologist who specialized in zero to three. So zero to three was my jam. Like Mm -hmm. those little years, I was, Mm -hmm. I came alive. I knew every single developmental stage. And so I was, I was all about that season. I see so much value. If you're a mom of kids that age, it's so fun to unwrap that. I think about the biblical characters of Samuel and Moses, who they probably only had five years with their moms, and they went on to be these amazing men of God. And so I just really love those little years and Mm -hmm. struggle more now. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, and I think, you know, so much of that time was me helping them be really good communicators, but not necessarily seeing the uniqueness in them. So I love you highlighting like what makes one respond differently to the same situation the other? And the more kids you have, like you and I were saying earlier, people will talk about, oh, that's such a boy thing to do. And mm-hmm. I have four different versions of a boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. they, I mean, Very they could be different. in that same scenario and respond completely differently. And so instead of getting frustrated, really thinking through why are they doing that has been helpful for me to not take it personally, not feel like I'm not, I'm not disciplining correctly, or there's something wrong in their character. So yeah, I think studying them and learning more about personalities and birth order and all of those things just helps, I think, release this burden of creating a robot child or a robot boy. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. And it helps us not compare too much. And Oh, I I love that so much. And yeah, just think between the two of us, there are eight very unique boys. I mean, no two of my boys are alike. And I just think, wow, think of those families that have like lots and lots of kids. They're still going to be different. It's just amazing. It's just like God looking down on all of his children and how very unique we are from one another. So, oh, it's super fun. Well, I'm curious since we're wrapping up the birth order series here as this comes out, have your kids fit? I mean, you've got the, your four are closer together. I had three in a row, which means I felt like they were a really good study in birth order. And then I had the six and a half year gap before number four, but your four, tell me how they kind of landed in the birth order, kind of typical, typical description of birth order. So when I was reading your descriptions, I think it's funny how I don't, I've, I've come to realize my second is way more responsible than my first. Mm-hmm. That happens and sometimes. That yeah. Mm-hmm. So that piece hasn't panned out. I I could see how some of the birth order the the having four close. I basically get two middle kids. Mm-hmm. So 
and they're probably the ones that can be the most challenging behavior wise because they're pretty strong in leadership and desires and the bookends are much more flexible in their thinking and easygoing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just, I mean, those kind of aspects, I think middle kids being quote unquote hard mind fit mm-hmm. into that, into that yeah. birth order yeah. uh, synopsis. Uh-huh. But I don't yeah. know that like a lot of the things line up for my right. group. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And your first two are about two years apart, right? Mm-hmm. Just like less. Mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how about in your family of origin, Heather, what position are you? So I'm third, but there are 11 years between my older brother and me and oh, wow. 16 years between my older sister and me. So it's wow. like two families. So I'm yeah. a, so kind of a middle child. oldest. Yeah. Well, uh, I have a younger yeah. brother who's two years oh, younger. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, That is fascinating. Set. So do you feel like the oldest, like if, if firstborn kind of personality in yourself? Ish. Ish, I would say. <laughs> I mean, there can be some like desires for perfectionism and performance that I think oldest kids fall under. And I definitely see that even for my oldest son, like just really wanting to do well and be approved of. Um, I think I always wondered when parents would tell me that their kids played in the toilet or something like that. I was like, what? what are you doing that your kids are made it to the toilet? And then you have like two <laughs> or three and you yeah. see like, well, the oldest is peeing and learning how to use the toilet. And so the younger uh, ones like toddle, like crawls over and, <laughs> and they just seem so messy and chaotic compared to your first. But I just think we as parents, parents so differently that it makes sense that some of that behavior that we would say, oh, they're just so wild or, oh, they're so challenging. It's like, or you just have a lot of kids and you aren't, micromanaging like you used to, to exactly warm you know yes I'm having a memory pop into my head now of when my firstborn was probably five and clearly in his early years he saw mom want things tidy and organized I guess as kind of my coping mechanism for just the crazy and so I remember when a guest would come to our house my five-year-old even though I had two little ones you know in their doing whatever, he would all of a sudden start like tidying, like he would start moving things around and, and like organizing the house. And it was so awkward and embarrassing because I'd have a guest standing there while this little guy's going around. And I thought, this is weird, (laughs) but I think it was his firstborn thing. Like, this is what my mom wants. She wants order. So now someone's in the house. I'm going to make sure everything's orderly. And I was like, would you stop cleaning the house? (laughs) But yeah, it's funny how we don't realize that the things we're doing, that the season we're in actually does affect and shape our kids and how they, you know, get along in life. So not to put too much pressure on ourselves, but it's kind of funny to step back and see it later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love this and I love the topic of birth order, but there are so many other tools out there that I would love to talk about. And I'm sure in the future, I'm going to do more episodes focusing in or bringing in some authors of books on these things. But Strength Finders is something that you and your husband, Bruce, talk about. I think he might be the expert. And I have the Strength Finders book. I feel like maybe once I took an online test, but I, I haven't really delved deep into it. So can you enlighten us a little bit about what Strength Finders is? Do you recommend it and how it's helped your family? Yeah, so... Bruce discovered it as um, a COO of companies as a way to kind of help with management as a neutral language to talk about behaviors. So there are 
34 different strengths. And I guess now it is not called Strength Finders. It is called Clifton Strengths. They like to change oh, wow. things up, right? They do. So yes. the guy that created it, Clifton is his last name. Um, okay. He actually is part of the Barna Research Group. So they, um, you know, they give out surveys yeah. and they've done a lot of work even with how kids have left the faith. And one of my favorite books, Revolutionary Parenting, was put out by Barna on like, how do we create uh, followers of Jesus that keep the faith? It's really good. Okay, it's really say, good. say that title again. Revolutionary, Revolutionary Parenting. So they, they basically surveyed adults who grew up in homes of faith. And these, uh, they called them revolutionary believers or something that mm. are still choosing to follow Jesus yeah. as adults. And what was, good. they looked for common threads in what their Ooh. families were like growing up. Okay, anyway, that's going in my Amazon yeah. cart. Yeah. It's really <laughs> yeah. good. So, uh, so he's part of that. And Clifton decided to, instead of just focusing on what's not right and what you need to get better at, what would it look like if instead we focused in on what we're already doing well and kind of helped shape those things? And so, uh, the, te- the book that you're talking about, there's a Strength Finders 2.0. There might be a new book, Clifton Strengths, but it comes with a test. And when you take it, they'll give you your top five out of the 34. And you can pay to get all 34 in order. Um, it's, it's more expensive than the cost of the book, but that can be helpful because then you see which of the 34 are in your bottom I was going to say, that would be fascinating too. <laughs> so Bruce and I have taken it and the Ooh. strength of being deliberative is in our bottom five for both of us. Both of you. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Either of us think through things and do all the research and figure it all out uh, before coming to a decision. So that's good for us because we kind of have to force ourselves to uh-huh. be deliberative and making decisions. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And are your top strengths similar or different? They are. They they are a little similar. I mean, there are variations. And the more learning he's done as a coach, even the order of those five makes an impact on um, how, how they manifest. So for me, input is number one. And that strength versus there's another strength that's learner so an input strength is a breadth of information. Like, like I'm the one who's, I love Instagram because I'm learning from so many different places. So I'm going broad and I'm learning lots of different things, but a learner is going deep on one topic. So they may be like, okay, I want to learn more about, oh, who knows? I mean, I, my, in my brain, I thought the election process. So let's say they want to go real deep on what are the ins and outs of all of that. I'm going to do all the research and just learn all that and maybe even learn a language and maybe learn how to build a computer and they're just going to go real deep. And I'm, that's my husband. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going real Can't sleep at night because he saw something mentioned about, you know, ancient African tribe (laughs) and now he can't sleep because he's reading like articles. Yes. Upon article. Yeah. Yes. And and that's a strength and that's why he's a doctor. (laughs) So he, cause he, he loves learning and that helped him become a doctor. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. But (laughs) But see, with every strength, there's a balcony, like our best, how that okay. manifests, being a doctor, and a basement, yep. staying up late and like yes. <laughs> not getting the sleep we need to be right. able to be the doctor that we need to be. <laughs> so it's every like input, it can be bad in that I take in all this information and that can cloud my ability to actually make a decision or I have too much in my head. 
And so I can't focus. So I don't know how to edit it well. And I'm like weighing all the different sides all the time. So every single strength has a balcony and basement. And I think what happens with our kids is God made them with these strengths and different. Some people would say if you take strength finders or Clifton strengths, it's going to be the same top five every time you take it. I haven't found that to be true. I think they move around a lot. So, you know, take it or leave it with that. But in general, God gave our kids and made them wired to be strong in certain things. And there is the nurturing, like we were just talking about earlier in the conversation, but there's the nature of they are born with these strengths. And I think when they're little, and we talk about this sometimes with when it comes to leadership, it is hard to parent a leader. They are very um, (laughs) adamant and pushing back. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is not fun to parent. But when they get into middle school, when they get into high school, and I'm seeing the fruit of it now, those strengths are just fantastic because they do have an internal drive. They know where they want to go. They know how they want to do it. And you aren't having to steer the ship as much or like manage that because they are older and (laughs) can do that. And they're not, your agenda is not clashing with their agenda as much. So So um, that's where overall, that's what strengths are. Now of the 34, there are four domains that all the strengths fall into. One of the domains is executing. So what's helpful is if you take it and you look and you see, wow, a lot of my strengths fall into the category of executing. That's that's informative. That kind of tells you like you're someone who's going to get stuff done. Then there's a, a category of influencing. That's someone who obviously is good at like changing the people around them. They mm. um, are maybe very self-assurance or mm-hmm. they have competition or communication or they are an activator. They get things done. That is influence, influential to the people around them. The next one is relationship building. So there are several that fall under relationship building, connectedness, empathy, harmony, includer, positivity, relator. Those all fall into relationship building. Strategic thinking, these are the people that may be the CEOs and they are very analytical, futuristic, um, intellection, learner, strategic. They are looking at the bigger picture and they're helping know where the ship's going to go. And so that's an overview. I don't know if that's helpful. This is good. I'm writing lots of notes and now I want to go retake the test because it's (laughs) been some time. So you're saying whatever your top strengths are going to fit into those kind of domains. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's, it seems like some of them have a, like, I was thinking, oh, definitely. I'm, you know, I think I would be in the influencer kind of influence, what do you call it? Influencing, (laughs) influencing domain. But then I was like, wait, relationship building. No. So I'm excited to go retake that. And I can see where it'd be really good for kids. Yeah. And so there is a kid's version, but I don't, I think it's not as good. (laughs) Okay, sure. So honestly, I think if they're 10, 11 and up, they could probably take the traditional strength finders. It definitely helps if you're a family that's talked about things and they're more familiar of how they function. They would be able to answer the questions unique to themselves versus just doing what they think you want them to do and say. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, So your kids have taken this, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So my older two have, um, have taken it and I just think it really helped us recognize, particularly with my second, he is a very futuristic thinker and he likes to have a plan. And so where some of the rub might be on a vacation 
is he just wants to know what we're doing. And because we're outside of our traditional structured routine, he feels a little out of sorts. So what we had to do was we would, as a family, decide what are some things we want to do on this vacation. And then we would look to our second son and say, will you plan out oh, look at you. Because yeah. Bruce and I are not deliberative. We're not going to do that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. And then he feels in charge and then, he, you know, it's, we're not going to have this battle of like, we have made a plan and he's doesn't think it's the right one. He's actually very good at being efficient and thinking through things. And so if I let him problem solve, instead of pushing against it, life actually goes a little better and it gives him ownership. It makes him feel like his, I've always heard kids need to know their belonging in your home. And I think the more we lean into these strengths and it's just this neutral language instead of a negative thing where you're like, oh, you're such a blah, blah, blah. Uh And not boxing kids in, but more identifying things that you're Mm -hmm. seeing they're good at and building it up. It Mm. um, helps them know their place in your home and with your crew. I love that. And and that's so good. Even if your second born doesn't have all the second born or middle child characteristics, I do think that's something that in my birth order episode about middle children, that's something that's so important for them is to feel like they have a voice. And, you know, my son will say that when he was young, he often felt like all the noise from the older brother and, you know, the attention seeking of the younger brother. And he felt like he didn't always have a voice. And so I love that you found a way to really use that strength to give him a little job. And I think that's great. A couple of years ago, we pulled out a document and Bruce kind of decided to manage them like his company mm, and decide what their goals they wanted to reach that quarter were and what roles they were going to be given in our home, whether it's areas of the house, specific um, responsibilities, uh, even related to dinner cleanup, like you're the clear the table guy, you're the put in the dishwasher guy, or instead of it just being considered a chore, it's kind of like, this is your role in our home. And our home functions if you do your role. Wow. And then that's so cool. And then with we noticed, like you were talking about, how some boys' voices were louder and stronger. And so our second son is can be very forceful. And so his opinion on where we eat, what movie we watch, where we get pizza was like every weekend. It was (laughs) his decision. And so I heard this from one of my guests. She would um, take the month and split it up. So like the first weekend of the month. My oldest son, that's his, if there's a choice to be made, he's the one making the choice. Whatever we get pizza, what movie we watch, and where we go to lunch after church. And then the next weekend, it's my second son. Third weekend, my third son. And so we'll just say, whose weekend is it? Ah, and then it's so like, good. A, like a instead of this battle. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> totally the quiet saves. personalities. They're, they get a chance to kind of, and we also have to learn how to not respond negatively at the other person's choice. Yeah, right. Because the, the more dominant ones, you know, they're going to have a spouse someday and kids someday. Yeah. You don't want them like bulldozing their families mm, yeah. with this really strong opinion. So true. We've had that conversation more than once around here. So, oh, this is so good. I love it. And I'm going to pull so up think, my Strength Finders book. Well, and I think sometimes too, what happens is those stronger strengths do get recognized. Whereas some of the, I, I don't know, my, my word for 2021, before I even started doing the Strength Funder stuff on our Patreon, my word that God led me to was strength. And the realization he gave me was 
oftentimes what we view as strengths are these, um, I don't know, more out loud, outgoing, you know, like we're just saying strategic strengths. And I felt like things that I was strong in when I was younger, things like empathy, things like sensitivity uh, were downplayed as strengths. Mm, And they're quieter strengths, right? They're quiet strengths. And so Mm. really owning how God made me and seeing that as valuable is what I'm leaning into this year. And that helping people find language around their emotions, helping people work through past hurts and pains, that's my strength. And it doesn't have to be on a stage and it doesn't have to be kind of blast in front of everyone on social media. It's something that I'm up and doing in my community that's, you know, I I am allowing God to work through me and it's his power at work through me. And that's strong. And so I think for some of our kids, there might be some amazing things that they're really good at that are not being noticed because especially if you have more than two children, they, they're kind of (laughs) dismissed or missed, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, not intentionally often. And so we have one of those kiddos and he loves animals and he was having a really hard time where, uh, even with friendships, just feeling, speaking poorly of himself and about Mm, himself. And so I just, at bedtime, prayed with him. I said, you know what? It's hard when other people are labeling you that we always want to listen to their labels, but I'd love if we just listened to what God wants to say about you and who he says you are. And I said, let's just pray together. And so we just, I said, God, would you please tell, um, and I said my son's name, who he is and who you say he is. And so we're just really quiet and still. And I said, if you, before that, I said, if something comes into your head, I want you to say it. And if it is, you know, not against what God says in the Bible or condemning, then it is from God and it is for you. And I heard caretaker in my head. And so I just prayed out loud. I said, Lord, thank you that you made him a caretaker, that he is good at caring for those things around him. And before I could even finish the sentence, his eyes popped open. He said, I'd heard that too. Like he just felt confirmed that we went before the Lord and said, let's hear who God made you to be instead of love that at any other identifiers or labels. Wow. That is so awesome. Identity and, and who God created our kids to be is something else that Maybe I'll have you back on to talk about because I just love this. But what a neat way to pray with your son over that and to let him hear from God himself. Let the Holy Spirit speak to his heart. And did that kind of change things after that? Yeah, I think any time then that he would start saying negative words again, I'm like, oh, let's remember mm-hmm. what did who did God say you were? Yeah, you know. Yeah, let's lean so back into that and then cool. speak that. And I think that's helpful too if you look at the Clifton Strengths list for you to have in mind the 34 strengths. So as you're observing and studying your kids, you can recognize and have language for that. Um, Absolutely. If they just take action and do something before you ask them to do it and where that might be a negative um, in some respects, you could just say, wow, you're such an activator without anyone Mm. having to tell you what to do. You just take Mm. action. And I know that someday you're going to take action. When God says go, you're going to go. And do. Um, or you're Isn't such an good? includer, like wherever you are, you're, in, you're inviting people to play whatever game you're playing at the park. Um, right. 
yeah, I think I think it allows us to have some language to use. Super good. I want my whole family to check it out. So <laughs> thank you for sharing all that with us. Of course. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation. Now I want to pause real quick to thank this episode's sponsor, which is the Dive Homeschool Curriculum. Now Dive is a college preparatory, self-paced math and science curriculum with expert video instruction, video solutions, auto grading, so helpful, and Q&A support. Now if you followed me for long or checked out my homeschool page, which I will link to in our show notes, uh, you know that my boys have used Dive curriculum for their math and science classes for years. My college boys went, uh, took AP tests and passed them. And now they're studying in the maths and sciences in college and they feel very well prepared because of Dive. Now we're also super blessed here that Dr. Shorman, the man behind Dive, though he's a Texas guy, a Texas A&M guy, his family has moved here to our North Shore. So we know them personally and we can say uh, we have so much respect for Dr. Shorman and are so grateful for him both online and off. And now Luke's going to share a couple words about Dive and Dr. Shorman as well. Hey guys, Luke here. I've been taking dive online math and science classes for about four years now, and in that time I've learned so much. Although Dr. Shorman's teaching abilities are second to none, the character he exhibits and the spiritual knowledge I've gained through his curriculum will never leave me. Find out more at diveintomath.com or press the link in the show notes. There's a couple other tools I thought we would just touch on. I know one thing that um, I haven't pulled out the book in a while, but love languages is another yeah. helpful, you know, as parents, there's, we have such an opportunity to, to tune in and it doesn't take a ton of work, but it takes just kind of noticing what really lights them up. How do they express love? Um, and then how do they receive love? And so I think the five love languages book has been really helpful. Is that one you've also checked out? Yeah, that's been a health helpful thing in marriage and with our kids and mm, something we talk too. about, like, yeah. how, what do you like best? Do you like when someone does something for you? Do you like when they say something nice to you? Do you like when they spend time with you? Do you like when they hug you? Do you like when they give you something? And I think that was helpful for my oldest son where, you know, that whole entitlement, negativity around entitlement and wanting more stuff. I think what I recognized is my oldest son really loves gifts and mm-hmm. it does not yeah. have to be a high value item. It right. could be a napkin. It could yeah. just be that you thought to pick you him th- up took the time. a cake mm-hmm. pop or something yes. like it does not have to be a high ticket item. And I, I don't think I, there might have been times I spoke negatively about that to him thinking as a good mom, I want to shape his character and it's not about getting more stuff. And why do you keep wanting more stuff? And, you know, you and I were talking about don't mom alone, like the power of doing that even in this conversation. And I found it useful when I was talking to a mom friend, a mentor of mine, and I was explaining a situation with that son and she was able to reframe and help me see like what was actually the gift and what was actually the perspective he was bringing. So I'd made chocolate covered strawberries while they were taking their naps. Mm. And when they woke up, I thought they would be like, Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Praise mom. Praise mom. Yeah. And instead (laughs) his first response was how many do I get? 
Right. And I was so frustrated. Like, what a jerky thing to ask. (laughs) How many do you get? And she very quickly, without, like, jumping on my bandwagon of, oh, yeah, that's such a horrible thing. She was like, well, maybe he's a planner. And he's seeing all of those out there. And he's wondering who who gets what. And you know what? That kid is such a planner. Uh Yeah. Whereas. She nailed it. Yeah. And some people would say fearful. Like, he's, you know, a lot of worries. It's really that he's planning for any potential thing to go wrong. And he's thinking through every scenario. And that might be a firstborn thing too. But he just really is considering and has a great imagination of all that could possibly go wrong and wants to Mm -hmm, be ready mm -hmm. for it. And so Mm -hmm. um, we were even just looking at houses and he's like, oh, this would be great because if I ever forget anything at school, I could quickly get home. Whereas now it's like a 20 minute (laughs) drive. So. I just think, I love it. Yeah, I just think I would have, yeah, negatively labeled him as a warrior or entitled. I think we have to be careful to overly, I don't know, add, yeah, criticize our kids criticize when, yeah, with, if we just understood. Flaws. Like it's a character yeah. flaw instead of saying, yeah. okay, what is this communicating actually? And sure. can I view it positively to see maybe it's, maybe it is. A strength that needs to be shaped and formed. Shaped. I was going to say, we yeah. can still kind of help coach them along, yeah. but yes. to recognize yes. in that moment, we don't need to, you know, come down too hard. And I have found that even with love languages, my fourth son, just my, all my boys were like, when they were young, they would write me little love notes a lot, like little, I love you, mommy, and just whatever. And my fourth son is, I could probably count on one hand how many little notes he's ever written me. And I'm thinking, you know, for a minute there, I was like, wow, he's just doesn't love me or I lost my gift somewhere between yeah totally absolutely and then I was like but wait I have probably sat and snuggled that kid and scratched his back I mean physical touch must be his love language because he just wants to be touched all the time and so it helps me to recognize um and and not be have hurt feelings and also to tune in and this is going to make him feel loved like I could give him a gift and it probably won't do a whole lot for him but if I sit and scratch his back and snuggle, then that's going to make him feel really loved. And I, for anyone who hasn't, I just have the little list here. I think the five love languages book is great. And the five love languages are acts of service, physical touch, words of encouragement, gifts, and quality time. So like you said, that's, that helped me early on in my marriage. And I do think some of these change shift a little with the seasons. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, I think my love language in my marriage at least is acts of service because right now I'm in a time where if you just do something for me, it really helps. Like I feel super loved. Well, I don't Bruce know would say my- that oftentimes it's the one that I'm not getting. That's my love language. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. But I actually sure. have all five. Yes. Whatever is exactly. the least is what I 100%. noticed. <laughs> yes. I, I totally concur with that. Yeah. No, but I, I think that it. noticing what they're, not just how they're receiving love, but how they're giving love and how they uniquely do that is helpful. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And your, your story about your son there and um, describing him made me think of, of one other tool, personality yeah. tool. No, it made me think of it too. So there's <laughs> I'm going to make a guess at, at his Enneagram number, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> tool. And she just said the word. And I know that for some of you that you have already filtered that as like a no-no word. And I have a podcast and that word has come up from guests, Enneagram, and I get the emails and there's a lot of concern. And that is, I'm thankful that people are being discerning. And just like anything that's 500 years old, thousands of years old, 
it can be twisted and it can come from um, wrong places and wrong motives. Even Christ was twisted for the benefit of the church uh, still. So I think with everything, we bring caution um, to, I mean, water is super dangerous mm-hmm. if not ha- handled correctly. Fire, yes. if it's out of control, is a problem. So yeah. with all that caveat, yes. um, I think that what Enneagram has helped me do, and I love Beth McCord, if you want a biblically sound gospel-based expert, Beth McCord is super strong biblical um, roots and how she approaches the Enneagram and how it brings us back to Christ. And so I just want to say all that. Um, but yeah, the Enneagram, what would you think his get, his number would be? He's a six. Yeah. 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 The planners. <laughs> My youngest is as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and worst case scenarios yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. And really loyal to their friends. There's a lot of positives, but I think if you're unfamiliar with Enneagram, there are nine different ways to see and interpret the world and how you respond to it. And that may seem really limiting, like nine. You just talked about 34 strengths. Why only nine? And I think what is helpful is it is not a box. Like you are that way. Like you are that number and that is all you are. Um, it is, you have healthy versions of that number and unhealthy versions of that seeing and you have stress reactions where you move into another number and there have healthy reactions where you move into other parts and you have um, wings is what they sometimes say. And so that's like pulling from the ones on either side of you. And someone said, it's like a set of glasses. So my four boys could be in the same exact situation and see and interpret and respond completely differently based on this tool, Enneagram. And like we keep saying tool, it's uh, Beth McCord uses these this language. Like it's not a weapon to say, oh, you're such a six, always worrying about everything. <laughs> yeah. It's not a weapon of, of a sword to hurt someone with. It's not a shield for him to say, well, you know, this is why I do this. I'm, I'm such a nine. I'm such a sloth. I'm just lazy. I don't do anything. Right. It's not a shield to like just be, uh, stay in a, <laughs> a place of hurting others or harming yourself. And it's, it's a, it's a flashlight to help guide the way along the road. And so I think I've heard that it's not a tool to be used to categorize kids because they're still in process and you don't want to narrow their experience long-term, but it, I did hear, um, Suzanne Stabile, she wrote the road back to you with Ian Cron. She Mm -hmm. talked about stances and I felt like that was really helpful yeah, I want you to talk about that because yeah. this is new to me. I hadn't I hadn't read that part. So and, you, um, yeah, yeah, you can take the nine different types and you can break them down into three different stances. And she said, if you know, without giving your kids an enneagram test or deciding which type they are, knowing which stance they hold is helpful in how you interact with them because really it doesn't change who they are, but it just changes maybe how you parent them. And so the three stances are one is aggressive and the two is dependent and then the other third one is withdrawn so withdrawing or withdrawn so that's like if you're in a situation and like I talked about my second son he is coming at us with information and sometimes with such intensity that it can feel like an assault to me and that Mm -hmm. word aggressive 
often has a negative connotation, but they just come at life. They come mm. at a task. They are not yep. deterred. And mm. that would be, if you're looking at numbers, that's three, seven, and eight on the Enneagram yep. are the aggressive stance. <laughs> and then you have the withdrawn stance. So you have those kids that when everything's kind of going awry in your home or there's a challenge, they might withdraw and they might need time to process it internally, to deal with it, to, to think through it. And it's not a rejection of you if you're the parent thinking, oh my gosh, they keep going to their room every time something happens. Or when they get home from school, they keep going to the room. They may need be going to their room to decompress from mm-hmm. a long day. And that yeah. is a place that they it helps them. It's not that they hate their family. It's not that they don't love you. It's just that's how they function best. And that those numbers are four, five, and nine. That's easier for me mm-hmm. to remember because four plus five equals nine. <laughs> yep. And oh, this is fun. I'm I'm thinking yes. of members of my family here. Yeah. Okay. So then going. the last stance, the uh the dependent stance, uh, they rely on those around them. So they mm-hmm. are going to want to talk through things. They're going to want to process with you. They're going to want, they're dependent maybe on the mood of the environment or dependent on the actual environment being ordered or clean. Like the one, um, the two is very dependent on everyone being at peace. The, the six is very dependent with there being um, just a sense of control and, and dependent on those relationships for security. So um, so one, two, and six are the dependent stance. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. My my fourth son is, I mean, it's kind of comical. He he's literally glued to his older brother, who's a full <laughs> six and a half years older. But he is so loyal. I mean, when Luke gets out of the water from a surf contest, Levi is waiting on the beach and like literally connected to him, and will sit on his lap and be wrapped around him. And you know, he's ten now, so maybe he's about to outgrow that. But it's just so cute. But he just fits all of those. And to hear and and I think even if somebody's not into the enneagram, just these three stances can be helpful. Just knowing that some kids are going to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, my second son is an Enneagram eight. He's a leader. He's very strong and he has that, he has a louder voice. Like we're always going, Jonah, you know, quiet, quiet down. But <laughs> the fact is in speech and debate, he crushed it. He was yeah. great. You know, there, God yeah. is going to use that. Yeah. But to see these three different stances in our kids can just be a helpful tool. And again, you named many things that the Enneagram is not. And, you know, for me, certainly it is not, I don't look at it personally as a, a, a religion or a spiritual thing. No. In fact, I no. confess that I've really only looked at it on the surface level. And I know that if you go deep into it, it can be, it can be twisted. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I have just found that knowing just those nine different personality types, it has been so helpful, especially as my kids have gotten older. And I admit I, I have labeled them young, so I probably shouldn't have, but I couldn't help it. But my college boys, it was so helpful for my oldest son as he was graduating high school, when we discovered all this, and he was like, this helps me understand my relationship with my brothers so much better and why this has been, this area has been hard and how I can do better at responding because of who I am and who he is. So again, tools, conversations. Yeah. It, I think I it's, just it's extremely it. helpful in giving grace in relationships. Mm, and if yes. anything is helping me give grace and understanding and connecting me with other people, I think that I look for where is God showing fruit? And yes, any tool can be twisted and it can be negative and and um, the enemy would would definitely just, you know, wants to keep us trapped in that. But if I'm seeing it connect me with people, connect me with parents, my own parents or 
my spouse or my children, I don't see that as as the enemy's work. He's not yeah. someone to do that. He is someone right. to divide. And I'm seeing social mm-hmm. media do that or people yep. on social media, not the actual tool itself. But you can right. twist anything and yes, make it can. cause division. And so I, I, I appreciate the discernment, but I also do appreciate yeah. how that has helped our totally. Crew. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, find find the thing that fascinates you, that's interesting, that's helpful and learn more about it and stop when you feel like it's getting in the way of other things. And Well, Heather, this is, you know, I wish I lived near it to you and we could just get together and watch each other's boys and laugh and share oh, stories. I wish I lived close to you. Are we joking? <laughs> Who's picking? Why would you pick Dallas compared to Hawaii? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Although I was okay. saying 40 foot waves. I was like, I mean, yeah. I'm all about my kids having adventures, but I don't know about 40 foot waves. <laughs> Monica, yeah. yeah. It's been a little crazy, but hopefully that will mellow out soon. It's always an exciting winter around here for sure. Well, um, I love what you do. I love that you encourage us all to not to not mom alone, to don't mom alone, and that we need each other. So hopefully everyone listening can have a friend to chat with about all this stuff, can you know, start some conversations with your spouse, with your kids, really learn about one another. I think in marriage, all this stuff is so helpful as well. So hopefully this is just a good conversation starter for all of you listening. And Heather, where can people find you if they don't happen to be following you already? If they want to hop on right now and track you down, where can they find you? On all the places it's don't mom alone. Mm, So easy. Yeah. Without the apostrophe, you know. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this has been so much fun and I will link to anything. I've been jotting notes like crazy. So anything that's come up, I will be linking to in our show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for your time with us. Of course. And if y'all want to join us for more talk about Strength Finders um, with Bruce, he joins me on our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash don't mom alone, we've been doing a series. We just did the first one in January, but we're going to narrow in on how string finders helps our marriages and our parenting and even our career. So join us. Okay, over can there. I ask if we join now, can we still you can watch catch the, other the one. January yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all safe. Yeah. I'm heading yeah. and we're done here. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, and thank thanks you. to Bruce. Well, thank <laughs> okay, you for well. taking time to chat me with me and invite me onto your show. It's always fun to be a guest on someone else's show. <laughs> It is so much fun having you. God bless you. And we'll get you back here another time. Okay. Sounds good. Aloha. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And as always, there are lots of links and notes over at the show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 94. And if you just want to search up an old episode, you can always go to monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast and find a list of all the episodes. And there's also a little search search bar on my website where you can look up topics, old episodes, anything else. I got 10 years of archives over there. So don't be a stranger. Okay. Now, I also want to just reiterate what Heather already said, and that is that we are not endorsing a deep dive into the Enneagram or anything else except the word of God and his truth. You know, just from my own experience, as I have learned a little bit more about the Enneagram over time, I've definitely taken a cautious approach, but with the little knowledge I have, surface level knowledge of the nine types, it has been interesting and a helpful tool for my family. But again, just take it all with a grain of salt. Hope you appreciate and enjoy the tools that work for you. And um, I just want to tell you guys, we have so many great interviews and topics planned for the weeks and months ahead. So I hope you will stick around. Please tell your friends about the Boy Mom podcast 
podcast. And always feel free to send me requests for topics or interviews at aloha at monicaswanson.com. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.